two, one. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep them guessing, you know? Yeah, he's keeping me guessing, so. <laughs> it's like, are we fist bumping? Are we high-fiving? Yeah, exactly. Well, welcome to the Inlow Home Studio Restore 7, up for discussion. Right on. I'm especially excited about um, this week. I just feel in my spirit... Um, Something's really ripe. Wow. It's just ripe. Like, That's good. Like that feeling, some of you ladies will get it when you're like convinced, you're 40 weeks pregnant, you're convinced this baby's never coming. And then comes the day and you're like, this sobriety kind of settles on you like, this is it, this is it. I feel that, I feel this is it. That's interesting. But the reality is I've felt that before and it wasn't. So, you know, and what is it? What just, we're just in this position where we are, we're partnering with God. We're laboring, we're birthing something. We're not quite sure what it is, but we know it's good because he's good. We anticipate like, yeah, we anticipate something he's doing in this generation at this time in history. And maybe, you know, maybe this has been a multiple birth thing. That's why it's not like, it's like you have the one baby. Okay, we did. I thought we did that. And it's like, there's another one coming. I don't know. The kingdom is definitely coming in multiple increments right now. It's true. And so it's it's almost like there are, there are twins, multiple births coming. But it does feel like something is about to be birthed. Yeah. Uh, one way or, we'll say one way or the other whether it's the one or one of several or whatever it is. Yeah. But, and it ties in with the big, uh, the big weekend, Hebraic calendar, Rosh Hashanah, Feast of Trumpets, the beginning of the new year for the, uh, the Hebrew, on the Hebrew calendar, which I think is officially the first day, I think is Monday. I think that's yes. Monday the 24th. 26th. Is it 26? Yeah. My, yeah, I forgot to look up those details. Yeah. Anyway, so the Lord's got given you some stuff uh, for for Rosh Hashanah, and we're excited about hearing that, and, and I'll be a, a commentator in that. And then um, I will have the bulk of what God is showing me for Monday on Elijah streams on Rosh Hashanah Day. So this is good. Yeah, and you know, one of the things I wanted to just start off by encouraging each of you in, and if you if you follow me on Choose Love, then I'm sorry you've heard this before and it's a little bit of a repeat, but sometimes repeat is good, she right? She doesn't mean the whole thing. She just means this little piece she's going to tell you right now. This little piece I'm going to tell you right now. Um, you know, just in case you aren't following me on Choose Love, I'm going to give a little shameless plug, uh, plug for, for that. If you go to our website, restore7.org, right there on the homepage, you can see all of the ways, oh, excuse me. You can see all of the ways that you can um, connect with us and go to our Rumble channel, for example. Um, uh, it tells you when Johnny is on Elijah streams every Monday, et cetera. The point with that is I have two ways of um, you being involved with Choose Love. So I, I was doing a daily audio devotional. I'm not doing it daily, but I am still doing it just as the Holy Spirit stirs something in me. So it's periodic. Um, 
in order to subscribe to that, you'll see on restore7.org, there's a, a phone number that you can text. And once you text Choose Love to that number, then it'll subscribe you and I will, um, whenever I do have an audio short devotional, it will be texted to you, a link. Otherwise, I am now officially videoing, filming one episode a week uh -huh. of Choose Love, where it's a longer, um, more of a teaching prayer time. And it's not just for women. This is for men and of women. Of course. And I'm always encouraged when I see men getting something out of it, too, because I, the particular, you know, um, kind of wiring that God has given yeah. me and that that I see things through I think is is important for men to um definitely let me speak into that just for a second so think of a picture of frame I'm going to get my it's not that she doesn't do this but this is my strength I'll get the frame and kind of the big things in the picture and then she will drill down in the nuances within that picture. Another way we often say she really hits, kind of she never misses the heart angle. I'll touch on it, but she'll go into the arteries of it as opposed to just the heart. So it's definitely um, something that's not just for women, as you say, but it's, it's really uh, an area where men need to increasingly open themselves up Anyway, it's why I always appreciate Thanks, when Elizabeth is, is sharing just that when we have our own conversation, she's advancing a nuance there that's important. Thank you. And I think for where we're headed, um, both are so important right now. And, and you'll find that a lot of the things that God is speaking to your heart, men and women, just the nuances um, he wants to confirm those just like he wants to confirm the things he's speaking to you big picture through prophetic voices like Johnny's. So um, anyway, that's how you found out about Choose Love is yeah. on our website. One thing that I had shared previously that I want to kick off right now, we're talking about Rosh Hashanah, the year that we are in on the Hebraic calendar Um Currently, because you're seeing this on Friday, we're filming it on Wednesday. Ahead, yeah. um, the the Hebraic calendar is 5782, and we are headed on Monday into 5783. And um, so it just so happens that it connects to uh, the numbers 2022 and 2023. So when I think of Rosh Hashanah, I don't think of like a day. I think of an overall season that starts kind of now in the fall and goes through um, into January. There's so much going on in the holidays going into the new year that I like to get ahead of the new year on our normal calendar and start for myself asking the Lord, like, reorient me, help me take inventory of where we've been together and where we're headed. And um, so on Choose Love this week, one of the photos that I put up was a picture of a couple on a bench in an art gallery. And they're just sitting in front of this huge painting and they're just kind of taking in the art that's on the wall, the beauty of it. And, um, you know, you've probably been to an art gallery before or seen photos like that. And basically they're like, 
they're taking in the nuances of that art and trying to think what was the artist thinking or what mm -hmm. what was the shadow here for why did the light come in that way and and you want to see everything that you're meant to see in it and right. more right and so I just feel the Lord encouraging every single one of us. You know, it's a time where it'd be easier for you to just only listen to the prophetic voices, take notes, and that's your word for the new year. And that's a, that's a great place for confirmation. But the Lord is jealous for us to, to lean on Him ourselves lean towards what he's speaking to your heart so that when you hear the prophetic voices like Johnny on Monday, you're going to, you're, it's going to resonate with you. Mm -hmm. And if there's something brand new that you haven't even thought of, but there's aspects of it that, that do confirm something he already told you, then it gives you faith to receive and believe the things you didn't hear for yourself that go beyond what you heard. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's good. Well said. Deuteronomy 4:29. Seek the Lord your God, and you will find Him if you seek Him with all your heart and with all your soul. Proverbs 25:2. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of a king is to search out a matter. So we're royalty. We're called to sit in the art gallery of life, and and ask Him questions, and meditate sometimes for months and years on one scripture or one concept because he wants to give you those deeper understandings of profound mysteries. And there's something that happens relationally when we do that. It's just like in a, in a marriage, you know, you have history of things that you're both passionate about that you talk about together. And, and I think it's the same way when God hides something for each one of us to, to draw out. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I see that in you, like you, are known as a prophet. You don't call yourself a prophet, but basically that's an overflow of just the relationship that you've had with God your whole life. Right. Where I've seen you like press into the Lord to the point of frustration mm -hmm. about things that you're you're dialoguing with him about. And then out of that place, it's like it finally revelation comes. Mm -hmm. No, that's right. Right on. It's uh, often that frustration thing is like, I, I need to hear on this. I, I need your input on this matter. And so that's why, like the scripture you just said, if you'll seek me with all your heart, I get when that, what that one, the, the Deuteronomy version of it. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you don't seek with all your heart until something troubles you a bit. And so out of that troubling, you, you press in, you activate your whole heart to another level, put a demand on him for encounter of some sort. And, and that's, that's wonderful. Um, when two more scriptures, Proverbs eight seventeen. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. And Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So well, there you had more, yeah. if you get nothing out of the rest of this, um, up for discussion, take that with you because the Lord is inviting us. We don't want to have regrets that we just were, you know, good students of other people's relationship with God. We want to have been good stewards of, of the Father and Jesus and Holy Spirit ourselves. So that is... Well, and I'll just important. add to that real quickly is you're really not going to 
we'll say, get graded in heaven over how well you listen to his prophets. Even though it says, listen to his prophets, do his prophets no harm, there's a new, their Old Testament perspective for a lot of those, that processing. You really don't know which prophetic voice to follow. That's why there's, even right now, they're pulling all over the place unless you have your own wealth. That's right. And so you even for prophetic recognition of truth, you have to have enough of your own interaction with the Lord where when you hear something, there is a resonance. You're like, oh, that either you had already thought of it and so it confirms, or even if you hadn't, there's like, oh yeah, that sounds like that sounds like the way the Lord speaks to me. That sounds like his voice to me. So it's it's never just obedience to some external voice. Everything must lead to a growing, increasing relationship of communication with the Lord. So, so. good. So good. All right. So um, years ago, the Lord gave me kind of an insight into the 5782, the, the Hebrew calendar corresponding to the, the Psalms, 70s, 80s, and 90s for three decades. And so it's very interesting when you read any of those Psalms through that light, like literally you can pick a year that was a big year for you and go back and read that Psalm and see if it correlates to kind of the things that you faced and and, and wrestled through with God. Um, certainly I see the pattern in the big picture um, historically of where we've mm -hmm. been. As a generation. So we're just going to look at Psalm 82 and 83 and a little tiny bit of Psalm 84 because I think there's, it's good to orient yourself where you've come from, where you're headed, and kind of what's on the horizon. Um, Sounds good. And so I want to read first straight through Psalm 82. Do you want to read this in this translation? Um, sure. So let's just start with Psalm 82. This is from this last year. And this is the Passion Translation. All rise, for God now comes to judge as he convenes heaven's courtroom. He judges every judge and rules in the midst of the gods, saying, How long will you judges refuse to listen to the voice of true justice and continue to corrupt what is right? right by judging in favor of the wrong. Defend the defenseless, the fatherless, and the forgotten, the disenfranchised, and the destitute. Your duty is to deliver the poor and the powerless. Liberate them from the grasp of the wicked, but you continue in your darkness and ignorance, while the foundations of society are shaken to the core. Didn't I commission you as judges, saying, You are all like God, since you judge on my behalf? You are all like sons of the Most High, my representatives? Nevertheless, in death, you are nothing but mere men. You will be laid in the ground like any prince, and you will die. All rise, for God now takes his place as judge of all the earth, don't you know that everything and everyone belongs to him? The nations will be sifted in his hands. All right, so Psalm 82. Wow, I mean, it's it's like reading our mail, what 
the last year for sure. Yeah. And I think as things become revealed over the days, weeks, and months to come, please, Lord, <laughs> um, we're going to find just how true this was. If I can grab that back for me. Yes. Um, I mean, just where it ends, it's like the nations will be sifted in his hands. And right before that, he says, you know, nevertheless in death, you're nothing but mere men. I think we're going to find that, that, I mean, I don't want to create rumors, but my personal belief is that there are a lot of people that have partnered with evil in a treasonous way mm. that have already been dealt with. And we're going to find out after the fact that they were already laid in the ground. And, um, you know, the, the title in this translation of Psalm 82 is true justice and justice is an attribute of God. We continue on focusing like our, our, our passion and everything that tends to fuel what Johnny and I and, and our team are about is the knowledge of the glory of God filling the earth. It's everything has to flow from and towards the knowledge of God. And this is an aspect of God that the world and his church needs to see and needs to know and, and honor and respect that, that our God is a righteous judge and his judgments. Um, there is, there is an aspect of it that there's a, a holiness that he expects in the earth because of his love for us. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, if I, went into, I don't know, it's probably a poor example, but if I went into a, a nursery setting and I have infants in there that I love and care for and the nursery is filthy and disgusting and not safe, I'm, I'm going to demand right. that it, that it change because I love the infants. I don't want the infants in a setting that is not what they were supposed to be in, mm -hmm. safe and clean and nurturing and yeah. all of that. And That's so good. we're in an environment where evil has abounded and people in leadership are accountable because they've allowed it. They've partnered with it, some knowingly, some unknowingly. And there's an accountability for the church because whether we recognize it or not, he created us to be leaders in the earth. And, and so as leaders in the earth, we've allowed some things knowingly and unknowingly. And so all this has been a year of, of that plumb line being dropped into the earth again of the, the, the justice of God in Spanish. Isn't it the same word for righteousness? It is. And so that word righteousness is holiness. It's things being in right standing with God. I keep going like this because I just think of it as like this. Um, you but know, you're saying like a plumb line. So. Yeah, like from 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 the victim side, the abuser side, and everyone in between. It's everything having an opportunity to come back into a place where it was meant to be all along. That doesn't mean people get away with things. But if you have been given over to evil and your life has been used by the enemy for a short time or your whole life, isn't that God's heart of love to bring you back into, no, this is not who you were created to be. There's a consequence. There's a, there's a, um, a reckoning, mm -hmm. you know, and I just, this whole chapter just feels like a reckoning. And I, 
I wish that we'd gotten to see that in real time. That's what we've all been believing for and contending for all year. I think we're going to look back and see it was a year of reckoning. Mm -hmm. I agree. A lot of justice took place that has not yet been revealed. That's a, that's a concise way to say it. <laughs> I'm such an external processor, so um, thank you for summing that up. All right, so Psalm 83, uh, the title of this and this translation is God, Don't Be Silent. So if, um, do you want to read it in this version? Sure. So Psalm 83, we're headed into 5783. God, you have to do something. Wow, I hadn't read it in this version, but I like that first so line. Good. God, you have to do something. Don't be silent and just sit idly by. Can't you see what they're doing? All your enemies are stirred up in an uproar. They despise you, Lord. In their defiant arrogance, they rise up to host their secret counsel against your people. They conspire together to come and harm. Your cherished ones, your hidden ones, to harm your cherished ones, your hidden ones. Our enemies keep saying, now is the time to wipe Israel off the map. We'll destroy even the memory of her existence. They've made their pact, consulting and conspiring, aligning together in their covenant against God. All the sons of Ishmael, the desert sheiks and the nomadic tribes, Amalekites, Canaanites, Moabites, and all the nations that surround us, Philistines, Phoenicians, Gadarenes, and the Samaritans, allied together, they're ready to attack. Do to them all what you did to the Midianites who were defeated by Gideon, or what you did to Sisera and Jabin when Deborah and Barak defeated them by the Kishon River. Do to your enemies what you did at Endor, whose rotting corpses fertilized the land. Repeat history, O God. Make all their noble ones die like Oreb and Zeba and Zalmunna, who said in their pride, We will seize God's people along with all their pleasant lands. Blow them away, God, like straw in the wind, like a tumbleweed in the wilderness. Burn them up like a raging fire roaring down the mountainside, Consume them all until only charred sticks remain. Chase them away like before a mighty storm and terrifying tempest. O Lord, disgrace them until their faces fill with shame and make them acknowledge the glory of your name. Make them utter failures in everything they do until they perish in total disgrace and humiliation so they will know that you and you alone are Yahweh, the only most high God exalted over all the earth. Amen. Right? Amen and amen and amen. So. That's the beginning. That's the start Monday. Psalm 84 is, um, I'm not going to have you read that, but just to remind you, it's a, it's a very well-known yeah. psalm. Um, here he calls it longing for God. And it's the one that says better is one day in your court than a thousand elsewhere. And um, it ends with, um, let's see, yeah, it over here. It ends with blessed is the man who trusts in you. And 
I see Psalm 82, 83, and 84 like, like three acts um, or three, uh, a progressive unfolding of a scene or a scenario in a courtroom. Because here you have in Psalm 82, which is the first one that you read, mm -hmm. the year that we're in and ending right now, it starts with, All rise, for God now comes to judge as he convenes heaven's courtroom. So I believe that there have been generations of this ancient evil that have that has terrorized, um, you know, generations. It's terrorized the whole earth. It's an ancient evil, but there is an ancient of days who is not surprised by this ancient evil. But we are, because we're waking up. It's like, I think of the generations that woke up to the reality of slavery and how wrong it was. You think about how long mm -hmm. slavery existed in, in culture in general, not just here in the United States, yeah. but all over. And, and then there came this fullness of time mm -hmm. where it, it crescendoed into, as a society, we must deal with this. And God stepped in and he did. And I feel like in a similar way, there's a, an aspect of this ancient evil that we're now realizing we cannot tolerate in society. It's not just Christians that are realizing it. Um, and in that, we're, we're, we may not even realize it, but I believe we're responding to a, a courtroom call. This, this courtroom of heaven where God is judged, stands up, and we're hearing all rise, like, look alert, because you're, you're about to see it all go down. That's good. And what happens at the very end of a courtroom, uh, a, a case, is that both sides have their closing argument, right? And so you have... Um, you have the attorneys get up and this is like when they're supposed to give their final best last push of argument. And this is, this is to sum it all up. And I feel like that's, that's what we're listening in on right now. It's good. Um, and the thing that I get excited about, you know, 2024, we know is a huge election year. Leading up to that, some very huge, significant things still need to play out. But the reality is, unless something changes, it's going to be another election year. So Psalm 84 lets us look at the horizon for a second. And then I'm going to bring us back to 83. The horizon is where this is all headed, the closing argument where we get to to leave the courtroom, you know, either feeling devastated or feeling like our judge did a good job and our, and our, the verdict favored the ver us. Yes. Yeah. Um, is, um, those uh, blessed is the man who trusts in you and better is one day in the courtroom of heaven than a thousand elsewhere. Like that's where you go to get justice. That's where you go to see the true heart of a father who cares about the whole picture and, and knows how to rightly get it all where it should be. And I'm not saying it's gonna all be utopia at that point. I'm just saying we're gonna leave this, this courtroom scene feeling like 
happy about who God has, has been to us and to the world. I think that's right. I believe that, yeah, it doesn't answer just like in the natural. If there's a verdict in your favor, it doesn't mean every every I that needs to be dotted and every T that needs to be crossed in your life is right. But it does mean that something, a, a gross injustice that was just haunting us, the individuals, humanity, did get the attention it needed to from the court, and it did have a verdict and a sentence passed on it that changed something reality. Something is settled, yeah. right? Yeah. Something is settled. There's been some resolve. All right. Um, so, Psalm 83. God, don't be silent. I'm just going to pull out a few lines from here. Repeat history. Um, there's a lot of names that are referred to, like the sons of Ishmael, the sheiks, the Am Amalekites, Canaanites, Moabites. I looked into the Hebrew meaning for all of these. No, Greek meaning or it be Hebrew? It would be Hebrew. Hebrew. Those, yeah. um, and so I'm going to refer to those in a minute and we'll get a little bit of insight through those. But one of the things that Psalm 83 is highly likely to be referring to in history at the time that David wrote it is actually 2 Chronicles 20. And, you know, we've heard that a lot over the last couple of years, the, the familiar scripture in there, um, believe in the Lord your God and you will, you will be established, believe his prophets and you will prosper. Um, it's interesting that that comes up right now at this time. But overall, I want to just highlight quickly the story from Second uh, Chronicles 20 that Psalm 83 is is um, potentially speaking from. And let me just say, okay. because there'll be, it, David, and this one says a psalm of Asaph. We know the psalms were written, most of them by David or then by the psalmist Asaph. And that that would have been um, substantially before the Second Chronicles 2020. But even commentators, why they make this connection to this verse is because it seems... It almost seems like the psalmist Asaph, either they had a situation real similar or prophetically they're seen into that Second Chronicles. Thank 20, you for clarifying 20. that. Yeah. Yep. So here's the scenario. This is when King Jehoshaphat is um, in, at, you know, going to go to war, and he did something so profound that you know a lot of leaders weren't doing at the time, and he sought the Lord and he proclaimed a fast. And he made some profound statements. He said, number one, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And I believe that's something when, in terms of taking inventory of where we've been and where we're headed. One of the things I feel like the Lord has been doing in us individually and collectively is he's exercising that muscle memory in us so that moving forward for the seasons to come, this is, it'll be easy. What was hard for us starting around the whole COVID thing is I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Right. And we've had to do that over and over and over again because there's been so much. It's coming waves. Yeah. Just so much that we don't understand and little access to truth and fear around was COVID real or not and how bad was it? And, um, you know, depending on what plays out with the economy right now and all of that, there, there is 
plenty of opportunity right now to exercise that muscle over and over again. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Okay. That's good. Why are our eyes on him? And this is, this is the meat of what I feel like is, is the word that the Lord gave me heading into this new year is that, um, how did I say it to you yesterday? Do you remember? No, I don't. <laughs> uh, let me see if it comes back to me, the, the wording that I used. Um, you know, surrender. Oh, that word, yeah. And usually this word of surrender, I've always taken it as, it's like just roll over and kind of give up, give up your will or your way or whatever. It's just, it's just let go. It's a letting go. But the Lord said, where I'm taking you and your generation is a place where you're not surrendering and just rolling over and becoming neutral so that I'm going to just like work with a, a dead fish, you know, like, no, you're surrendering towards something. You're, you're surrendering towards specifically my nature, my character, my goodness. It surrender took on a whole new meaning to me when I started thinking of it that way. It's like, no, if I'm like, just, I like to use concrete examples. For example, let's say there's something that you and I are trying to work through and make a decision about. And, you know, I want to do it one way. You want to do it another way, but I decide to surrender. I'm not just going, okay, well, you won. You get to be in charge. I'll follow you. I'll submit. No, I know who you are. And I know your heart towards me, towards our family, towards the Lord. And so if I'm going to surrender and submit to you, I'm not just submitting for the sake of submitting. I'm actually surrendering and submitting towards your heart for me. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's, there's an anticipation in it. There's an excitement. Mm -hmm. There's a, what's it going to do? You know, like I'm, I'm handing this over to you. And I'm following and I'm all in, but you are in charge. You are leading this thing. And um, I feel the Lord saying that when here in this battle, that's what Jehoshaphat was doing. He's Mm -hmm. saying, uh, we're not going to surrender to the enemy, but we certainly are going to surrender to you because we know who you are. Yeah. And in that, the the surrender, even uh, very much applies to the storyline with Jehoshaphat. And I think even application for us is there's basically our way and his way. And so what he wants us, it's not even that the task is different. It's just, just like Jehoshaphat. Okay. The enemy has invaded us. We are going to have to show up and fight. Are we, but are we going to do it our way? Our, you know, pragmatic approach, best, pros and cons approach to, to this. Are we going, so he's like, we got to hear from God. That was the whole thing. Listen to the prophet. And, and what was the prophet strategy? Because this, this is what we want to learn to do is not just default Mm -hmm. to our, uh, you know, base mechanism of processing, which will often be fear-based survival based natural wisdom, natural wisdom. And so the surrender is, Okay, not in a way, not my will, 
but yours be done, um, is knowing that he has uh, the perspective, the wisdom, the power, the might. He's God. It's part of just like step one of recognizing he's God is you, you surrender. Um, yeah, anyway, just following up. So on then that. he says, um, it says in Second Chronicles 20 that the spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel. And that means seeing God. So there's an invitation to see God. Again, it's about the knowledge of God. It's like, what is he like? The, the things that I have started to kind of reorient my prophetic around is more about, does that seem like the nature and character of God that I've come to know? I don't know about the nuances of the time it's going to play out or exactly what it'll look like, but it needs to look like who I've seen him to be for my heart to like gravitate towards a prophetic word. Just for example, if somebody's prophesying, Jesus is going to come back tomorrow. That doesn't match the God that I know. Like yeah. he's coming back for a, a victorious bride. Yeah. bride. That that's, that's his makeup, you know? I mean, you got it. You leaned yeah. over and your hair fell across your glasses. There you Thank go. You, there you baby. go. Thank you. All right. So, um, Jehoshaphat's name is God is judge. Again, we've got this courtroom yeah. scene. God is judge is standing up this year and they're being attacked by the Moabites, Ammonites, and they specifically are descendants of Lot, which is uh, from incest. And so they, for our purposes here, um, kind of uh, signify or whatever, flesh and corruption. It's just the evil. It's the corruption that's been around us. It's the perversion. Um, and that perversion that is just, just like, permeated every aspect of our culture right now. It's just in our face. And yet our eyes are not on that. And we're not going to go to the figure it out room. We're going to go to um, the presence of the Lord. And and what I think it was Jehoshaphat said, or might've been Jehaziel, I didn't write it down. Don't be afraid or dismayed because the battle is the Lord. So that was Jehaziel. Yeah. We have come into this reality Again, we're taking inventory of what we've been learning. We've learned, and then we're going to continue to continue to build on it. We've learned that the battle is the Lord's. It's always the Lord's. We're weighing over our heads in every way, so it's all on Him. Then position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. There is a positioning, and Johnny speaks into this relentlessly, and I'm so thankful um, about like, how do we position ourselves in the mountains? Like, where is the area of calling that you have? Where is your voice supposed to echo a new narrative? And what is that new narrative? What does it sound like coming out of you? Um, and then, of course, the, the instruction, believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. That is number one. We always forget that part. We lean towards, oh, if I'm just going to believe the prophets and then everything's going to be okay. You know, I want to say I admire you for standing with prophetic voices like Johnny's. Um, and I've had to do it too, but in my own relationship with the Lord to believe some of the things that we're still believing for. And I believe we're going to see, um, I'm not going to go into what those are right now, but, um, but that's the first part is believe the Lord, your God, and you will be established, believe his prophets and you will prosper. So it's, it's both. It's getting the word of the Lord for yourself 
and then hearing it from the prophets. And then there's a prosperity that comes. And I believe it's a prosperity of soul. Mm. You know, we have, you may be hearing from family, friends, whatever, whoever, that you're crazy for believing what you're believing, contending for what you're contending for, and not doing certain things that other people are doing um, related to, you know, um, medical things. And, and yet there's a prosperity in our souls of just knowing that we did the hard, right thing, even when it wasn't popular. And, and God is going to build on that. Yeah. Um, okay. So here we have God is judge King Jehoshaphat being attacked by the, um, what represents perversion and evil and the spirit of God comes on Jehaziel, the man that means God sees. God has seen. It doesn't matter what it has felt like, what it currently feels like. God sees. He sees. And we must be so convinced of that, that nothing could knock us off of that truth that God sees. Yep. We have not gone, gone unnoticed. Um, and those that have been suffering that were you know, more is going to come out about God sees. Um, they stood in the temple in God's presence. They didn't run straight to the battlefield in their own strength. They drew their confidence from the fact that they stood in the place that his name was in. I can't remember which verse says that in Second Chronicles 20, but they, they went into the temple that had his name on it. And so his name is always connected to his glory, his character. Mm -hmm. You know, when you hear someone's name is when you think about what they're really like, mm -hmm. right? And so there's there's a hiding ourselves in the name of God and the nature of God and in his character. And in that place, um, he, they're remembering, this was interesting to me, they're remembering that the enemies that were not killed off before are the ones that are now after them. But it's my understanding, and maybe I'm wrong, you can correct this, but that these particular enemies, the Lord wouldn't let them kill off right. sooner. And he had a reason. I mean, if for nothing else, he was going to show himself strong generations later on their behalf here in this, this battle. But... You know, I think there's going to be a question, and there is right now, Lord, why why are we just now dealing with this? If this has been an ancient evil, if there are people that have been suffering and the human trafficking that's been going on, like, why now? And these are good questions to ask the Lord, because as we press in for these kind of answers, and they're heavy answers, they may not come in a moment. Mm -hmm. As we press into the Lord for these answers, He's going to give us insight that we can take forward with us into the new seasons that we go into with him of mm -hmm. reformation and kingdom advancing. Yeah. Um, were there any comments you wanted to make on any of that before I transition mm. back to Psalm 83? Uh, no, just, you know, Ammon and Moab, yes, they weren't, one of the reasons or probably the main reason they weren't permitted to wipe them out is because they were descendants of Lot. So their family actually, because Lot is Abraham's nephew. Mm -hmm. So it's it's it comes from hmm. not directly under Abraham, but it is related to him. So there's always an opportunity. Hmm. There's always an opportunity for them to repent, come along. We understand that Ruth, the Moabitess, she came from that lineage. So ultimately, 
King David does come from that lineage on, on one side. And so, but in his, despite to, we'll say his mercy and grace for, for them, they still found themselves on the wrong side and getting exterminated at this point. At least these armies did. And so basically we know this all ended with um, the Lord gave them instruction. They did what he said and they basically destroyed one another. So they literally had to stand and see the salvation of the Lord and um, no one escaped. I think it's absolutely prophetic and exciting that it ended with them taking three days to gather all of the... They call the spoil. The I don't know what spoils. It's basically like anything that had value, um, money or whatever they had back then, gold it things. Precious jewelry. They yeah. took them three days to gather it all, and they couldn't even carry it all. Yeah. And it it all um, was in the Valley of Baraka, yeah. which is the Valley of Blessing. Yeah. And then they went back to the house of the Lord. So that whole way that all played out, I think is so prophetic to where we are now. There is a, a, a place where I believe we are about to see the spoils, literal wealth of the wicked, not just going to Christians. That is not the point. The wealth of the wicked going to those who are willing to deal righteously with it and to use it to advance God's ways. They may not even realize it's God's ways they're advancing, but it certainly includes Christians who are willing to partner with God in that in that way of, of using the wealth of the wicked. Um, I'm excited to see how that one plays out. And I think that's part of where we started today is that we're like ripe for something. I think that's part of what we're ripe for. Um, and it says... And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel and God gave them rest all around. You know, we're not near a season of rest yet, but I think we will be. Um, rest from tyranny, rest from, um, that's what's on the other side of the battle that we're watching play out right now, that we're watching the Lord win. Yeah. And there will be work to do. There will be rebuilding to do. There will be a gathering of the spoils. That um, Asaph means gatherer. Mm. And so the whole thing, the whole Psalm 83 is written by Asaph. His name means gatherer. This is a season. This 17, wait, 57, 83, the Hebrew calendar yeah. year, is a year of gathering. I totally believe that. But it's a gathering for the purpose of, um, of the knowledge of God, of the fear of the Lord coming on these kingdoms. And I think one way to look at kingdoms is these areas of culture. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the wealth of the wicked being used to kind of reverse the curse that has been on these, these areas of culture that were meant to display the character and the nature of a good God. Um, Okay, so to wrap up Psalm 83, and I think this is a little bit more on the personal level, hopefully for, for you, not just the big picture, but Psalm 83, when we see the enemy clearly and have an appropriate outcry to the Lord. So 
Remember Psalm 82, it's like this courtroom scene. The judge, our father is there and he is saying enough is enough. And he's saying, I created you um, to actually defend the defenseless, the fatherless and the forgotten. Your duty is to deliver the poor and the powerless, to liberate them from the grasp of the wicked. But you continue in your darkness and ignorance while the foundations of society are shaken to the core. So this is the judge saying, I know what's going on. I see, and, and, and this is my battle, and I'm about to do business, and yeah. we're going to see it play out. And so our appropriate outcry. So here you have in the courtroom scene, you have, you have people that stand up and plead their case and say, you know, this happened to me, and I saw this happen. And I believe this is that year, 5783, Psalm 83. It is, it is our appropriate outcry. We're finally going to have the appropriate response back to the father, the judge, who says, I see what's going on. And now we're going to say, we see it too, God. And that we see it too is, um, is do something. Yes, we agree. We're not, it's not a begging, like God's just not noticed yet. And we're going to, we're still in this position of begging God, you know, do something, say something. No, it's, I believe it's a proper response to the judge who's already on it. And so we're saying in kind of an echo, do something, don't be silent. We're keeping our eyes on you um, and repeat history. So when, when it says repeat history, I believe some of what it's referring back to is scenes like 2 Chronicles 20. It, as you said, that hadn't happened when this was written, most likely. But right. God did that over and over again throughout the Old Testament. You see him well, it even fighting their it battles. Up. It's telling it's about Gideon. Yeah. Can you speak into that? Like share a little bit of... Um, well, when it, well, two things. One is... See, this is a psalm of Asaph, mm -hmm. and the people that Jehoshaphat called were really from, were his sons. So this is interesting. And Jehaziel uh, came with that, with that group. So it was for sure at a different time, but there's a similar uh, replaying here. But the verse 9 of Psalm 83, deal with them as with Midian. And who dealt with Midian? Well, that's Gideon mm -hmm. and his 300 and the Midianites. That's who that came. As with Sisera. So we understand that that's, Sisera, you remember Jael's the one that Jael, the one that put the spike in his in his head, and Deborah was the judge, mm -hmm. and uh, her and the the general Barak, and so it goes on, and and even when it talks about those weird names, they're nobles like Oreb and Zeb and Zeba and Zalumna, those guys are all ones that were Midianite princes, mm -hmm. that so these were all he's referring. This is a reminder of how he used. Gideon, and what's good about that is because that's a, that jogs our memory into what, what stands out. What does everybody know about Gideon? Well, it's just Gideon and his 300 that took on the huge army. So it's undermanned, below odds, any good odds that you should win, and, and him coming through with us. And so that's what they're looking. It's like, do it again, Lord. Do it yes. again. Okay, the odds, if uh, whoever's seen how heavily mined the battlefield is, how total the the takeover of the seven mountains, how the mafia has been doing this for decades and decades and even some aspects of its centuries. You're like, 
Oh my goodness. It's like these princes, the Midianites, they have, they've taken over everything. But do it again, God. Use the Gideons. Use the Gideons 300 and the Gideons tool of the shofar, the trumpet. Ties in with Rosh Hashanah is the Feast of Trumpets. Yeah. So there's a whole neat connection Love that. with that. Yeah. And Gideon, I always think of like when the angel of the Lord found him hiding and he's down there just like complaining, like, where is the God of my forefathers? I've heard that he shows up, but where is he? And then the angel of the Lord says, go in this might of yours. And so I believe that an aspect of that is his might was his frustration, his honesty with God. And, and there is an outcry that we're learning to have that God, it moves the heart of God. Um, one of the things I forgot to say about Jehaziel is they went, when they went to position themselves to watch the Lord fight the battle for them and see the enemy turn on each other, they went to a place that mm. means, because um, I, I looked up what each of these things means. Yeah. They went to the place that means bloom, yep. like a flower that blooms and taught by God. And it also, and one of the, the words means, um, there's a wilderness that they list and the wilderness, name of the wilderness means a military prison stockade. Thinking Gitmo is what I'm thinking. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm thinking that what we're about to see play out, it, God's so... He does so many things. He multitasks. And so he's dealing with, you know, evil on the one hand with the military prison stockade while he's teaching us how to bloom, how to be who he created us to be. And when you bloom, you bring a fragrance to everything that is around you. And we're in need of, of the fragrance of God filling the earth right now. And he wants to do that through you, through us. Um, that Jehaziel, the spirit of the Lord came on him. Um, his, um, it lists his relatives, basically his, where, who he descended from. And all the names of those that Jehaziel descended from was God remembers, God built, God sweeps away and gift of God. And so we're learning to see in the context of learning, okay, God sees God builds, he is building something. And while he's building something, he's sweeping the, away the old and he's gonna make us a gift to the world. And that's part of that, that, um, that wealth of the wicked transfer right now that is happening. We're gonna be able to be a gift to the world around us yep. in the midst of really dark times. Um, all right, so back to Psalm 83. We're having this appropriate outcry in the courtroom. Do something. Don't be silent. Our eyes are on you. You are the judge. You can be trusted to judge rightly. Repeat history. Chase them away like a storm. Okay, all this storm communication that, that Trump and if you followed Q has. And, you know, Q said from the very beginning um, things about the storm. Trump, when he first came into office... We've seen it play, the video play over and over and over again. He's got the reporters all there. He's got all of these military generals and their spouses with them. And they're all standing in a line. And, and they're all kind of being quiet while their pictures are being taken. And Trump says... Um, this is the calm before the storm. 
And the reporter shouts out, what storm, President Trump? And he says, you'll see. <laughs> and, you know, recently he's even been re-truthing, reposting um, things that have a, a cue on his lapel and the, the storm is upon us kind of thing. You know, we're probably going to look back and, and feel foolish talking about it in the terms of a positive light because I think, I think it's going to be a little dark and stormy for a little while. But I don't know. There's something in me that's like, just don't leave it like it is. Like, even if we got to go through a storm to get to the other side of this, just don't leave us where we are. It's like been yeah. no man's land for the longest time. So it's interesting that for this year, it's chased them away like a storm. And it also uses um, fire as an example, like burn it up. Fire is difficult, but fire is a good thing because fire tests the heart and it brings us out on the other side, tried as silver and gold. Um, and then it ends with, so that they will have to acknowledge the glory of your name because you alone are Yahweh exalted over all the earth. There's a so that that I believe we have to live from mm -hmm. in this year. So it's a year where we're surrendering. We're surrendering towards the knowledge of God, towards the character and nature that that we know that he has. And, and it's so that the enemy and those who've partnered with the enemy and those who've been pulled away and, and misled by the enemy so that they will acknowledge the glory of his name. We want them to see our father as he is. And, you know, I think when you see a mother or a father, a parent basically at their best, it's when they are nurturing, protecting, giving consequences, um, rewarding, They're, that's parenting. And I believe that we're about to see the father be the father to us in such a tangible way as, as a generation that, um, that it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. That's really good. So, um, and again, just to repeat Psalm 84, which coordinates with, with the year 2224, no, 2024. Yes. Um, that where what's on the horizon, the distant future is important to remember better is one day in his court. So this courtroom scene that's playing out with the judge, our father is going to end with us leaving the courtroom of all that transpired and played out is nothing's happened as fast as we all wanted it to. So we have to look more at years and decades. Um, we're going to come out saying better is one day in your court where you make the judgments than anywhere else. And blessed is the man who trusts in you because we've had a trust in him. Our worship right now is our trust. Our worship is our trust. That is really good. You know, just interesting that uh, Psalm 84, you get to verse 5 and 6. Blessed is a man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Of course, mm -hmm. this is no longer the Passion Version. Mm -hmm. um, as they pass through the valley of Baca, mm -hmm. they make it a spring. <clears throat> the rain also covers it with pools, and they go from strength to strength. Well, as they pass through the Valley of Baca, that word B-A-C-A is a valley of to weep, of mm -hmm. weeping. And so if you 
remember what she was reading, Second Chronicles 20, the three days gathering the spoil, the treasures. Mm-hmm. It says that they gathered on the fourth day and assembled in the valley of Baraka. So there, there is meant to be a connection even in the pronunciations of this, but Baraka means blessing. So mm. they go from Baka to Baraka. Mm. And so they go from the valley of weeping to the valley of blessing. And it is on, uh, it's funny because it's even in 2020, it goes to, it's on day four, and this is 84, and there's going into four, but there's a progression. We're going through all these stages, and in some ways, revisiting. There's some justice that's taken place, some justice that's known about, mm-hmm. some justice that we don't know yet. We've heard that it has taken place, and it'll be proven, and then there's the stuff that clearly has to happen visibly enough so that his name so that that verse 18 of 82 that that they may know that you whose name alone is the lord are the most high over all the earth that thing is whose name alone is the lord they call him the lord the word baal means lord it's it's but it's not the lord yeah it's a false it's a lord and so he is the the lord so his name is to be proven in front of all the false gods and the false followers of those gods, the ones that have mined the tops of the mountains and have been involved in in the stuff we've heard about. And basically, ultimately, desecrating the truth about who God is and how he is by marring his reputation through these areas of culture that were meant to be where we get to experience loving family that reflects a loving spiritual family and God, a a healthy economic system, a government that is not, you know, all the things. Well, (laughs) no, that's so good. So that's really good. All you shared, Elizabeth, and I think you should pray for them in just a second, but just, if it's not known, you know, for those who followed it for a while, there seems to be an abrupt shift Anywhere from, sometimes it's nuanced and you don't see it, but for me, it's pretty abrupt as soon as we do start the New Year's uh, on the Hebraic calendars and year in and year out. It's just interesting if you do things even like go back to, um, uh, you know, 9-1-1 was in 2001. It was really in the days right before, it'd be like this before Rosh Hashanah. It's like at this very time, 9-1-1 which when you know the full truth, the full truth hasn't been revealed. It wasn't just the attack. It seemed like it really was attack on the financial well-being of the world. And there was trillions of dollars that were lost, that's known of even, kind of reported on. And then you go even 14 years past that, or exactly seven years ago, there's a lot of things going on by the sevens, 2015, mm-hmm. when the market... Uh, crash 777.7 and we went to this huge world economic spin uh, downward spiral I should say rather than than just calling a spin and that was also Rosh Hashanah at time and so there's also a connection between the enemy trying to do things at that time trying to take out world economy and then how the Lord rescues it as part of, we wrote in my Seven Mountain Mantle book is we don't recognize, but the fact that the economy, the world economy wasn't absolutely devastated in 2015, the Rosh Hashanah uh, time period there, 
um, was, let's see, that was 2015, was seven years ago? Yeah, I'm 90% sure on that. And it the, was a rescue operation. I, I wrote about that in the Seven Mount Mantle book that he showed uh, that he had he had rescued the economy from what because they lost like five trillion dollars like that the way it was was going. So it's it's a time of clash of kingdoms. We know the dark side's trying to reset the world to a poverty economic outcome where they're slaves forever. And that's going against the Lord who has this blessing, this valley of blessing, this going through hardship, going through the valley of Baca and going into the valley of Baraka. So anyway, Elizabeth, just uh, according to whatever's on your heart, let's close with a, yeah. a prayer. I'm excited about your prophetic word coming out on Monday. Um, and he's already been studying into it. So uh, you'll want to tune in to that. Um I also feel, just as part of the prayer, I, I want to encourage you that God, he, He's doing some really big picture things right now, but He's not forgotten about your story and your, your need for redemption and justice over your story. But our story always exists in the context of His story, the bigger context, right? And so it's important that we we be listening on both levels. Um, and I think that word of so that is, I don't even know how to express what I'm feeling, but I feel him in that. It's like he's speaking something over us and, and he's at that moment in the sentence where he just told us something hard but then he says, so that, and then next comes the good part. And, and I believe he's saying so that in the big picture, like we've been talking about today, so that they will acknowledge the, the glory of God. But there's also a so that that's very personal for each one of us, each one of you. You're his son, you're his daughter. And this, there's a so that he's speaking over your story. And it's all been leading up to just all the junk of your life. And many of you, the junk of the lineage before you that you've had to deal with. And, and it's all been so that, and he's about to speak and release the next part. Um, and, and there's always waves of it. There's always layers that unfold progressively, but there's definitely... I think, uh, um, like a acceleration of that. Mm -hmm. We're at a time where that's going to accelerate for you personally and for the world. Yay. That gets my spirit excited. So, um, yeah, let's pray for him. Thank you. Um, righteous father and judge. We just look at you in awe as you sit on your throne in your courts of heaven and our spirits know that you can be trusted and that the words that come from your mouth that are motivated by love are right and they are true and they create this plumb line that just 
goes down into the depths of our individual lives and hearts. And it's a plumb line that goes down into the depths of the, the, the earth, the foundations of the earth that you laid yourself. And that plumb line is a plumb line of holiness. And it's because you are motivated by wanting the best for your sons and your daughters, all of us. And um, we want this to be a year where our hearts um, respond appropriately to your decrees as judge, where we agree, yes, don't be silent. Yes, let us hear your righteous judgments. Yes, let us see your verdicts. Let us um, experience the, the mercy seat and let us experience the... the um, the consequences of those who choose their own way and don't surrender. Mm -hmm. And God, in the face of those that have um, chosen rebellion against the one true God, Yahweh, may we be found as your children, surrendered, leaning towards who we know you to be, mm -hmm. your true character, your true nature. Let us be found submitting and easily yielding to um, the reality that the battle is yours and we will stand and position ourselves in these areas of culture that you um, meant to display what you're really like. And we want to go out with joy and be led forth with praise that um, we would reflect this season appropriately of of breakthrough and that gathering. What you're gathering is is worth us taking the time to, to gather with you the souls and the um, wealth that will bring your ways, your kingdom, your reformation into hearts and lives and literal systems of culture. We want your healing in every way that it comes, God. And we just say yes to our part in it. We love you and we bless your um, sons and daughters that have taken the time to listen. God, we ask that as they turn this off today, they would, they would turn towards that seeking diligently because you will meet them in that place and you will speak to each of their hearts words that only you can whisper straight to their ears. We ask God that they would have hungry hearts for the things that you're wanting them to feast on, that you've prepared for them in the presence of their enemies. And um, we bless you today, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you Good for job. letting Good me job. share. Yes, you did great. And excited to hear um, the meat of what you have on Monday. So join him on Elijah Streams. And we are going to have an incredible new year. I just got yeah. that. Okay. So I agree. You uh, agree? <laughs> <laughs> we say yes to that. Yes. So blessings upon blessings upon blessings on you. And may you receive his encouragement in the midst of whatever storm that's supposed to come. It's a storm that's going to help us. It's like there's the scripture Jesus said, get in the boat, we're crossing over. And so 
they ran right into a storm, but it didn't change what they were doing. So the storm was just something they went through towards that. And anyway. you know what? Um, I just feel to say this as we close again, <laughs> that, you know, it's, it is a time to take inventory. It's a time to be accountable for the choices that we have made. And none of us have ever always been right. So in a storm, there's an opportunity to, to confess, you know, and confession is a good thing. Falling under the mercy of God is a good thing to the degree that you've made some decisions that you feel like, you know, maybe some of the things I'm experiencing right now are because I made poor decisions in my immaturity or in my fear or in my survival mode. I didn't hear or I didn't know how to hear from God in that. And so I just made the decisions that either were the most comfortable to me or, or the best I could do at the time, but, but they were my decisions. And, and so I own the consequences that I'm living in right now. And I ask for mercy, Lord. He loves to show mercy. This is a God who loves to show mercy, but he, he can't show mercy on something or someone that's not asking for it. And that's not willing to hold up and take ownership for their part of it. And, and I don't know who that's for, but hear it and take it to the Lord. It's a good PS. Well, we look forward to seeing you all for next time on Up, Up For Discussion. discussion.